I'd like to inv invite my sweet wife to come up and uh, join me for just a moment. Um, we have been so blessed this year to be able to do two prison tours in the state of Florida. And there's your mic, babe. Uh, it's amazing when every state seems to be closed, every prison seems to close for Florida to say, hey, you guys are welcome over here. In fact, we're going to open up the door and you can come to as many prisons as you want to. Isn't that cool? And that was such a blessing. And the Lord moved so powerfully in the month of June in 2021. And uh, we came back to Tennessee and uh, started to call the other facilities uh, in the two other regions of the nation that we were wanting to visit. And they said, not at this time. Too many of our facilities are closed. We have uh, virus issues and... Uh, you're not welcome at the moment. So I just uh, sat down, I prayed, and I felt very strongly to call Florida back and say, you know what, we missed a whole bunch of prisons. You guys got a lot of prisons in Florida. And um, we said, are we welcome to come back? And they said, absolutely. So they opened up another 25 prisons to us, and it was amazing. We were able to go back during October and November. And... Um, so there was a significant event that happened uh, at this last tour in, in Florida. I always love to have my sweet honey with me uh, for a period of t uh, 10 days to two weeks, whatever fits in with our schedule. And she was able to come and uh, visit prisons with me. And we had this one amazing day. Um, and I'm going to let Laurie tell you about it, all right? Go ahead, babe. Amen. Good to be with you all this morning. So, um, yeah, going back to the state of Florida this time, it was incredible because um, there were so many divine God moments. And this one particular service that we were at, uh, CJ had dismiss, dismissed the, the band and dismissed us, and we all sat down. And then all of a sudden, as I was sitting over here, he looked over at me and he said, wait a minute, I forgot to have you come up, Laurie. I forgot to have you share, so come right back up. So I did. And um, I took the mic and, you know, it's just like always wanting to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit and be sensitive to exactly what you're supposed to say. Because every time I take the mic, it's something different. Sometimes it's a portion of my testimony. Sometimes it's like, let me give them a glimpse into how God can change your desires, how God can match your desires to his desires, because I never saw myself do, doing prison ministry. That wasn't my desire. It was his desire. And then as I prayed and I saw he was called to it, I linked up with my husband because he hasn't called him to something that I'm not supposed to be a part of. So, but this day, I really felt impressed to share a part of my own testimony, and that is that I shouldn't even be here. My birth mother was dying of cancer the whole time she was pregnant with me. In fact, what I shared that day was this story, that God has a bigger plan than we could ever imagine that he does. And when my mother gave birth... I weighed about six pounds, and her stomach didn't shrink or go down as if she had given birth at all. 
And so the doctors came out and told my dad, we're going to do exploratory surgery. Something's very wrong. I mean, this was before the age of sonograms. This was before the age that they could see what's going on in there, right? This is a long time ago, 1970. <laughs> and so the doctors had given my mother a choice to abort so that she could start chemotherapy early, and she said no. They said, well, if you don't abort the baby so that we can't start this new miraculous drug, she'd never even heard of it before. They said, it's called chemotherapy. It could save your life. And she said, oh, no, no. I'm not going to do that. And they said, well, you'll probably die. And she said, okay. I know where I'm going. Yeah, I won't take the life of my baby. I know where I'm going if I die and if God doesn't choose to heal me. And so... When they did exploratory surgery, they cut out an eight-pound tumor and a five-and-a-half-pound tumor and literally weighed the tumors, sewed her back up, and came out and told my dad what they had seen. And, you know, it, my dad has told me many times it was the, the happiest and worst day of my life. And he was wrecked for a while. For You know, he... He was so angry with God because her faith was so strong and she kept saying, I know God wouldn't give me this baby and let me die. He said she'd hold you in her arms and she would look at you and kiss you and say, I know he's going to let me live to see what God's going to do with her life. And her faith was strong and she believed that she was going to be healed. And they had given her a a two-week you know, she's probably going to live two or three weeks and die. Well, she lived nine and a half months, which was a miracle in itself. And so my dad says, you know, looking back, I just believed and I was writing on her faith because I really didn't have what she had. I wasn't really sold out to Jesus like she was. I was pretending I was going to church. I was going through all the motions. I knew she wouldn't marry me if I didn't love Jesus. And so I was saying that I did. But looking back at where my heart really was, I didn't know him. And so, you know, my dad stayed in in an extreme state of anger and rebellion against God till I was about 11 years old. So much wasted time. So much wasted time being mad at the one who loves you the most that wants to walk you through your pain. He wants to walk with you. He wants to minister to you. He wants to carry you through those hard places. So this was my message that day to the inmates was that the thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy But Jesus said, I have come to give you life and to give you life more abundantly. And God's so merciful. My dad ended up remarrying my mother that raised me. She's the only mother that I've ever known. So I get a bit defensive when people say, oh, so your stepmom or your step... There's no stepmother. She's my mom. She raised me like her own. She was a wonderful mother. And, you know, over the years, my dad would say, boy, did God know what he was doing. I don't know if your mom and I would have stayed together. 
God knew what I needed. He sees the big picture. He knows what we need. He will carry you through. And the Bible is so clear, God's word to us, where he says that he, um, that he won't give you more than you, he, you can handle and that you can walk with him and he will bring you through it. And just this last um, thing that I want to share is that, you know, there was a defining moment and my dad and I have never talked about it again, but I've shared this as well in the prisons, is his defining moment was when I was starting to be a handful, and I was starting to be rebellious, and I was, he was seeing himself in me. There was a defining moment in my life where my dad was so frustrated with me, I was mouthing off, and he just grabbed me, and he was like a teddy bear. He, 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 it took a lot to get him angry. <laughs> And so he grabbed me and he said, come with me, and just drugged me down the hallway of our house and took me to my room, and he fell to his knees. And he was just crying out to God, crying, 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 so repentant, so God, I failed you. I've wasted so much time. Help me to be the father that you want me to be. Protect her. Help her. I mean, the, the cries of his heart were that it was this, this desperate moment and all the anger, it was like he was crying out all the anger and the surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so it was just this profound moment that I'll never forget. And I'm so thankful for it because the transformation that I saw in my, in my parents and my, in my dad and then my mom followed and and everything, the transformation that I saw was somebody who was drinking all their anger away, trying to drown it in alcohol, trying to cover up all the pain, not surrendered to the Lord, not going to church, not raising me in church, and then all of a sudden, let's go to church. And then all of a sudden, it's a priority to go to church. We're not missing Wednesday night. We're not missing Sunday night. You know, we're, we're serving God. My dad is like throwing away the worldly music. He's writing Christian songs. He's buying all the new Maranatha stuff at the bookstore. <laughs> He's learning, learning, learning as much praise music as he can. I'm going, wow. So I've seen that profound difference in my life. And it was just like, God... I don't ever want to have those 11 years in my own life with my own children. I don't ever want to have that wasted time. We have a glimmer of time to be who we're supposed to be for our kids, our grandkids. Are you angry today? Are you still thinking that you can hold on to that anger and that bitterness and that there aren't people that are watching your family members, your children, your grandchildren, they're watching. They're watching. Is your faith your faith, and is it strong all the time in the good times, or is it strong in the bad times, and you're letting Jesus hold you up and walk with you so that your life can be a testimony, even through the bad? He loves you so much today, and that was my message. Amen. Okay. So Laurie shared that story that day with the inmates in the room. There was a, a gentleman who came up afterwards. We had released everybody to 
say their goodbyes to each other, to us, and, and uh, one gentleman came up to the front and he was already kind of red-faced and you could tell he was touched, right? The Holy Spirit had been speaking to him. And he began to tell me uh, that he said, CJ, that testimony from your wife ministered to me so much because I have been carrying around this anger because I lost my little girl. And I said, how old is she? He said, she was 14 months old. And I said, oh, brother. And I looked over at Laurie. I remember looking. She was just a few feet away from me, and I come here, sweetheart. And uh, she did. She joined us at that moment, and he briefly told her also that he had lost his little girl. And immediately he began to sob. And Laurie just put her arms around me and him and the three of us to begin to pray. And the Holy Spirit fell in that conversation. And I remember Laurie praying about God breaking that anger off of his life because he needed to be full strength. He didn't need to be uh, daunted by this anger for the rest of his life because if you're angry, you can't do the will of God properly. Hello? You can't step into your anointing for your life if you're carrying around some disappointment with God, some anger with God, and you've got some issues with him when that's the lifeline to your future. And she began to just speak the word of God over him. You want to tell him uh, just a little bit more about Yeah, it was, it, was, it was just like I had these clear thoughts that were coming, and it was like I, had, I wasn't a part of the conversation knowing her age. He just said, I've been so angry I lost my daughter. And when I was praying, it was like, oh, God, thank you that she was so young. Thank you that she was a baby and that she's not in an accountability, an age of accountability to know and have to confess her sin. She went straight to your throne room. He's going to see her again. I'm just praying, 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 whatever the Lord was dropping in my spirit. And he was just sobbing. His face was as red as a crayon, just tears, just buckets of tears. And and so I can't remember all the things that the Lord was giving me, but it was just like he he just was letting it all go. And the Holy Spirit was just like, had his arms wrapped around the three of us, and it was just a precious, precious moment. It's beautiful. Thank you. You know, I love that girl. She's the best thing that ever happened to me, besides Jesus. Amen. Uh, I would like for you to take your Bibles, please, and turn to the book of John, chapter 16. I love, love, love this scripture. But I believe this is, uh, it's, it's, a difficult, it's a difficult verse for us to digest. At the same time, I believe that it's one of the most powerful, truthful verses that we can talk about today. It's verse number 33. And it says this, I've told you these things. Jesus is speaking. I'm reading out of the Amplified Bible. I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace. 
First thing I want to say today is that the Lord wants us to walk in his perfect peace. He doesn't just want that to be part of, you know, uh, the, the, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace. No, he wants us to walk in emotional peace. He wants us to walk in his love. And he wants us to be healed of the stuff that's stealing our peace. He wants us to, to receive his amazing forgiveness and his amazing love and his amazing presence into our hearts and our lives that heal the most delicate and the most profound wounds we have on the inside. So I believe that my, 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 my message today, my, my pull, my compel, uh, that compelling force that is within me that wants to communicate is asking you to be real with yourself today regarding the scars that might still lie inside of you. That which is stealing your peace has a profound effect on your ability to hear from God, to do His will, and to complete your destiny. Amen? And some of us have wounds, things that our parents might have said, things that our parents might have done, things that happened in our early life that we don't feel was fair. May there be a death of somebody that you know loved Jesus and you're still questioning today. Maybe it's stealing your peace, stealing your ability to face God. Maybe you don't even want to get on your knees like you should and pray and spend time with the Father because you got a little issue with him. Jesus said in verse number 33, I've told you these things so that in me you might have perfect peace. In the world you will have tribulation. The Amplified Bible says right here, you will have tribulation and distress and suffering. I believe it's the New Living Translation that says you'll have sorrows. But be courageous, be confident, be undaunted, be filled with joy because I have overcome the world. Be undaunted, don't lose your sleep, don't lose your peace, don't lose your relationship with me. You know, I love reading the happy verses. How many of you guys love reading the happy verses that talk about you being blessed in the city, blessed in the field? That's all good stuff, right? But if I'm honest with myself today, I see people that are hurting. I see people that are questioning the Lord because of the way life is. I got good news for everybody in the room today. I loved the song today, It's Not Over. It's, this isn't all that, that is happening in this life. This is just the beginning. And I'll, we've got to have a little bigger picture of what this life is about. We've got to expect that there's going to be untimely deaths. I don't want to confess that. I don't want to receive it into my own life. You know what I'm saying? I have um, some word of faith in me. You know, uh, I've, got, I've got a positive confession. I've got positive beliefs. I've got positive uh, um, expectations about the future. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. But Jesus said in this life, brace yourself. Some days 
are ugly. Some days are painful. And we've got to come to terms with the fact that Jesus is here because of those painful days. He realized the Father knew that there were painful days in our lives and we needed a Savior that we could throw everything upon because he was strong enough. He's tough enough. And he's got us in the palm of his hands. Somebody say amen. He's got us. So today, that's the, that's the big thing for me today, is are we able to give God all of our stuff? Some of us have a little pocket full of stuff. Some of us have a wheelbarrow or a wagon full of stuff. We need to give Jesus. But watch out. Somebody's coming with an 18-wheeler. They got a lot of stuff. You know what I'm saying? In this life, we will have tribulation. Had a gentleman that day, in fact, uh, that we were in that prison. I believe it was Martin's CI in Florida. I had done a, a song called Come to Jesus. It's originally by Mindy Smith. And uh, it's got just this profound gospel message to it. Come to Jesus, let him hold you in his arms. And I, I finished that song off, and this gentleman in the front row and uh, he, he just spoke up right up when I was done with the song. He goes, uh, why aren't you singing professionally? <laughs> One of the other inmates said, he is. <laughs> and I, I looked at the guy and I just said, you know what? I said, my mother and father, and I just made a point to talk about this because I believe it's important my mother and father taught me at a very young age, Matthew 6, verse 19. It says this. It says, lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth where thieves break through and steal, where rust and dust corrupts. But lay, yourself, lay for yourselves up treasures in heaven where those thieves are not there to break through and steal and where there's no rust and there's no dust to corrupt. And I said... My mother and father taught me that there are some things in this life that are much, much greater, much more valuable than money. Hello? Some things in this life are much, much more valuable than money. And I can't imagine saying goodbye to you guys in here and not being a part of your lives, not encouraging you in the things of God just to chase a music career. But rather, the music is my tool. It's a gift that has been given to me to reach into somebody's heart, right? To proclaim then the gospel in a way that's a little bit profound at times. It's my gift. It's my tool. It's my, it's my equipment. And I was so blessed at that, uh, just being able to mention that scripture to him. There's another verse that says, for where your treasure is. Your heart is also. Your wishes, your desires, that on which your life centers will be also. There are lives attached to your lives. You have to know today 
that God wants us to drop our anger, drop our bitterness, drop whatever is keeping us. You know, that, that's, we go to marriage therapy if we have issues with each other. We sit down with a counselor that has a clinical ability to tap into your heart, tap into your life, and to come to an idea of what's going on. I love believing therapists because they see with the clinician's eye, but they also see through the eyes of God. That's powerful when you have the blend of both. And today, I want to encourage you, if you're suffering with something that is holding you back, holding you back from, you know, that perfect stride. If you run track, there are coaches that can see if you've got something wrong in your stride. They can name it. They can, they can talk to you about it, and they can even help you get over that issue. Because they can tell and you can feel it when you tap into that stride, that proper gate, where all of a sudden the energy level increases. The wind is slicker and your determination and your ability to get to the goal line is much, much faster and easier. And that's what I'm praying for for all of my brothers and sisters in the room today is for God to do a little tune up on our hearts for whatever issues we might have between us and him that could be holding us back. You know, sometimes I remember there's been times in our ministry that I've, I've expected much, much more from the pastors that I know and love to prepare an opening for me. Hello? For them to provide a place for ministry to come from me when actually that had nothing to do with God wanted to do with what God wanted to do with me. And I had to understand that it had to start with me. It had to start with me and it had to be uh, when I was not in prison. It had to ha it had to happen right here. It had to happen um, with the people that were in my life. Anyway even though it wasn't where I really wanted to be. I had to find a place for the word to work in my own life. And I believe God wants us all to find somewhere, find somebody that we can speak into their hearts and their lives because I believe that there are lives attached to me. There are lives attached to you that only you can talk to, only you can witness to. You have that relationship. You have that friendship. You have an acquaintance that has been admiring you and thinking, man, that person has everything together. And there's just needs to be a little bit of, of opening a couple of doors and all of a sudden you have the freeway to talk. You have an absolute open door to speak into their life. And when you start doing that, you find that the Holy Spirit starts to give you the words to say. He starts to give you his understanding and you become who you know God has always created you to be. There are lives attached to our lives. We are the voice of hope. We're the voice of deliverance and, we're, and salvation for them. We must give them the goods. We can't hold back. I believe, how many of you believe that we have limited time on this planet? 
I believe that so strongly. I could go into another story that would blow your mind. We'll save that for next time. But we have limited time. Time is short. Things are getting ready to wrap up. And it's time for all of us in this room to be who God has called us to be. It may not all be right here in this building. It might not be in this ministry. It may not be in this area. But there is a select group. There's a select type of people that your life is called to. We have the goods. We must give them the goods. The gospel of Jesus must be communicated and demonstrated. It is our mission, our calling, and our destiny. In closing today, I just want to remind my brothers and sisters in this airspace and online that Jesus says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Okay, yeah, there's going to be tribulation in this world. Hello? There's going to be, there's going to be trying times. There's going to be sorrow. There's going to be distress. But be of good cheer, Jesus says, because I have overcome all of it. And I believe if he was on the stage with me right now in person holding this microphone, he would say, I got this. I've got this. This is not the end. It's not over. This is just the beginning. Hello? You might have tribulation now, but there's a day soon coming when all of that pain, all of that sorrow, all of those heartaches are going to be a thing of the past and we're going to be together around the throne room worshiping the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, together with our hands raised, our voices lifted up, and the presence of the creator of this universe will be with us for the rest of eternity. That is the truth. We just got to get through this crazy time. You know what I'm saying? We just got to get through this. I'd like you to bow, bow your heads. Close your eyes just for a moment. Father, I just want to say thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. I thank you, Father, for the, the presence of the Holy Spirit that is here today. I thank you, Father, for your voice that is so powerful. Your voice is so strong. And, Father, I pray right now that you would surgically remove any kind of bitterness, any kind of expectations that were broken that we had at one time, any kind of anger, frustration, discontentment that we have with you. Father, expose it in Jesus' name. Move across this room, Father. I bless our young people. And I thank you, God, for their lives. And I pray, Father, that they would learn this early to never be angry at you. To never allow that anger to brew in their hearts for any reason. Let us keep our focus, Father, on who deserves the anger. And, Father, really, I believe you'll have the final say, the final word, the final blessing. And we will understand. Today, we only understand a certain amount. 
But one day, Father, your presence is going to show us and we will see and understand so much that we struggled with through this life. Father, deal with the harsh realities of anger in our hearts today. May we understand, Lord, this is but for a short time. This life, this earth, the situation in our government, the things that disappoint us every day, gas prices, the state of this world. Father, I just lift up those today that are in harm's way that are being persecuted for the, their faith in Jesus. We lift them up in the name of the Lord. We ask that you would be with them in their life's most difficult moment. I would like to ask the pastors and our altar workers, those people of faith and prayer, to come up to the front right now, please to join us right now because there are those in this room, there are those in this audience today that need to submit to Jesus to give back to the Father that grudge that you've picked up somewhere along the way. And give it to him. Let him set you free today because you need to be loving God and worshiping God with a clear conscience not from a place of anger. Maybe it's been so long that you don't even remember a lot of the details, a lot of the facts, you just felt ripped off. But the Father wants you to come forward today and receive your healing. He wants you to come now, so just make your way on up. Just make your way on up. Father, I wanna say thank you also for those that are teetering on the edge of loving you, serving you. Some of us, Lord, in this room, we have, we've been participating, but we've not been engaged. Participating, kind of going through the motions of loving you and worshiping you and being a part of the church. But Father, there's something inside of us that has not connected with you in quite a while. We want to refresh that today, Father. We want to refresh the faith that we had at one time. Some of us might want to come to Jesus today for the very first time. And I'm asking you to go ahead and come on up. We're going to make everything right today with the Lord with you. Our people right now at the front know how to do that. Know how to walk you right into the relationship with Jesus. Lord, we just worship you right now. In the name of the Lord. Pastor Clay, would you come? We thank you, Jesus. Mm, Jesus. Bless your name, God. Bless your name, Jesus. Right now, if you would just stand up where you're at. Thank you, Jesus. We still have one more thing we're going to do today, but you heard this message today. And I know many of you are watching online right now, and thank you, Jesus. you've heard this these stories, the scriptures, the challenges about the scars in your life, about the anger. And I know as we stand here today, 
what we do realize is this. Don't let the enemy steal any more from you than he's already taken from you. Deal with it. And you know what the Bible says? It says that then God will restore multiple times over what the enemy stole. But the first step is dealing with that scar and moving forward. And that is what you need to do today. Some of you have said, I I need Jesus. And here's what I want to do across this house. I want you to just bow your head, close your eyes just for a moment. And you say, Pastor, today... I'm one of those people, I need Jesus. I need him. I just want you to slip your hand up right now. I'm not going to try to talk you into anything. That's not what I do. But you hear you say, I need Jesus today. Thank you. Anybody else? I don't want to miss anybody. This is such an important thing. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? I don't want to miss anybody. Thank you. If you're watching online, this is your moment as well. Just because you're not in the room doesn't mean that God can't change you right here, right now. So I want everybody just to look back up at me just for a moment. And we're going to pray this prayer together, all of us, as a family. So let's just do that. One more time, just bow your heads and we're going to pray as a family. Dear Jesus, I'm sorry. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart and make me new. I receive you, Jesus as my savior right now the old is gone and the new has come i belong to you jesus and it's in your name i pray amen and amen come on give the lord some praise this morning